Roll it, Alex. Hey, buddy. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. I mean, I asked you a while ago, but life is kind of people are doing things. You're doing things. Shit yeah. happens. But here we are. Here we are. Finally, it's my first podcast. So thank you so much for having me. It feels like an honor to be, I don't know, interesting enough for somebody to want to hear hear what I have to say. That's that's uh, that's a huge honor. Thank oh, you. Of course. You're one of my favorite people. No way. Yeah, Likewise. yes way. Really? Yes way. Because you are one of my heroes. Am I somebody's hero? You are because wow. you have uh, this non-filter where you just don't give a fuck and you just do your thing. And that's been one of the hardest things for me to do in life. And so I just really admire how you're always just fearless and suddenly you're doing stand-up comedy, suddenly you're doing jujitsu. There's like nothing you won't do. And you even called your company, Who Dares? And, uh, and yeah, I just, uh, I just admire that because it reminds me to be more like that myself because if you're going to accomplish anything in this life and hopefully just have a lot of fun on the way, then mm. why care too much about what other people think of you? You know what I mean? Man, thank you for saying that. That's very nice of you to say. Thank uh, you. I and mean that. Yeah, I, I, I feel like when you're like given a certain amount of time on this earth, you have to fucking max it, bro. It's crazy. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, like, right? you want to do that shit? Yeah, let's fucking do it. Dude, I saw a poster the other day that showed how many weeks, if you're like middle-aged, how many yeah. weeks you have left. How many weeks you got left, bro? <laughs> Dude, it doesn't look like that many. <laughs> I mean, you put it like that, it's like, whoa. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, shit. That's the my, my life in weeks? Is that is that what it is? I think that's what it is. Okay, all right. And, and I think did that you helps. order it? Did you, are you... No, I took a screenshot of it and yeah. I was like, but you know, certain things <laughs> you just remember. It's in my brain and I'm yeah. like, and I was thinking about it. I was hanging out with my dad yesterday and he's he just turned 84 and it's like, I don't see him that often because he's moved out of town and stuff. And it's mm. like, wow, I'll probably see him maybe, maybe 10 more times in my life. I understand. Is he has he moved very far? Yeah, Christian son. It's yeah. not that far, but it's far enough. You yeah, know? I understand. It's weird, but I mean, it's it's one of those truths that we always remember. It's like, you know, remember that the time is precious. It's the only thing you don't get back. And yeah. You can't buy it, and it's just. Yeah, I have this coin that I have with me a lot of places, and it says "Memento Mori." Remember, your time shall pass. And uh, I look at it like frequently and I, I realize that like the clock is ticking and what are you going to do today? Yeah. You know, what's the, what's the plan to make your life filled with enjoyment today? Exactly. Yeah. But I, I feel the same way, you know, about you with your dad. It's like my mom's in Australia. Mm. That's a long trip, bro. That's a long trip. You know what I mean? And she had cancer recently. Oh, yeah. So I think she's got through it. She's got through all the chemo and everything. But when she was, you know, in the thick of it, I was just like, shit, you know, I may be seeing her once or twice a year. How, if I'm lucky, once mm. or twice a year. Mm. Uh, so how many more times do you get to spend with somebody that, you know, you love the most in the world? You yeah. know, that's kind of like a limited amount of time. Mm. So I feel like, yeah, w when you understand that like that the sand is going through the hourglass, it just encourages you to like pick up the phone and just say, hey, I can't be with you physically, but we can FaceTime and I can give you a call and I just want to hear what's going on with you. Yeah, right? Yeah. Do you have a good relationship with your mom? Yeah, really good. Nice. Yeah, really good. She's a great person. A good yeah. mother. Yeah. Which is tough, man, to oh be a mom, like with fucking a son. It's, it's, it's tricky. It's so crazy because I always, it wasn't until my friends started getting kids and I saw what they went through in that process that I realized, holy shit, I am... 
I owe my mom a lot because to have, like all that shit that she's gone through with me mm. uh, that I didn't realize she had. Yeah, it's a lot of worry for moms because uh, you do some wild shit. And yeah. you're like in places on the other side of the world and there's nothing she can do to save you. Yeah. And that feeling when she knows, oh, fuck, my son's out there in Mexico or wherever the fuck you are. She, sometimes yeah. she probably doesn't even know. No. And she just goes, I hope he's all right. Yeah. I hope he's okay. Yeah, right. Because yeah. there's nothing you can do. Dude, she must shit her pants when she sees <laughs> fucking videos of you speedboarding down the sides of mountains. <laughs> and, you know, that, that must be terrifying for her. Every year I would go to, to the Extreme Sports Week at Voss. She'd be like, do you really have to go this year? You, you've done it already enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you have to? And it's just like, come on, why would I, yeah. why would I stop? You can't stop. You can't stop, That's man. what I wonder, like, what, when I hopefully one day become a parent myself yeah i'm curious whether i'll i don't think i'll be able to, to shut that off to be able to do that but i like to think that like okay i remember what it was like to be them like of course you know they say if you love somebody you gotta set them free so mm. i'd want my kids to live a, a happy free enjoy yourself life and, and you don't want them to be burdened or paralyzed by fear because I think that's what a lot of parents do. They project a lot of their insecurities and fear onto kids. And then those kids are extremely limited mm. with the chances that they take in life. And yeah. then it's just this perpetual cycle of misery, basically. So yeah. you want your kids to be able to kind of explore the world and not be afraid of it and keep them safe. So it's a kind of delicate balance. It's tricky, eh? It's real tricky. Yeah. It's and, tricky. And speaking of fear, I mean, it's not just parents. I mean, imagine how many people... Uh, live their lives in fear or or subconsciously uh, hold back from making a lot of uh, perhaps healthy choices in their life just because they're afraid. I mean, it's it's yeah. scary being alive. It's, it is. It's, it is scary being alive. And I would say that everybody everybody's afraid of something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, even though I do things that like uh, you know, uh, kind of like uh, you know different or risk-taking and kind of things like that like i'm terrified like a lot of the time right you know what i mean what's your biggest fear dude honestly i think my biggest fear is uh maybe just like fucking like failing in front of people right i don't want to be seen really? as, dude i don't want to be seen as incompetent uh. i don't want people to look at me and go oh that sucks and i don't want people to look at me and say oh he he didn't do the work and he just turned up like half-assed oh. So I, I always want to try to like turn up with my best. And, and sometimes mm. I don't do things. I'm paralyzed by fear in certain mm. certain ventures, you know. Like it took me years to get into stand-up. Right. So I thought, but I mean, and thank you came to my first ever stand-up show. Yeah, that was awesome. That, that meant a lot. <laughs> that meant a lot. But I've been thinking about doing that for a couple of years, you know. Yeah. yeah so. It's really cool. I've been thinking about doing it myself. And, and you would love it. Dude, I did it once in uh, university on this talent show. Yep. And uh, and it was amazing. And I just didn't dare to get back up after that. When was that? 1999. Wow. Yeah, dude. Oh, shit. Uh, I still write material and stuff like that. And yeah. I even have this... Uh, the voice recorder on my phone where I, I always label it stand-up and there's there's all this weird shit. And, and I'd love to... Um, uh, one of my best friends is a stand-up comedian. So uh, so there's a few of you that I have around. It's always so much fun. I really admire whenever anybody goes up. I know sometimes I go with people and they're like, yeah, I like that guy, but that guy wasn't funny or whatever. And I always think like, dude, whatever. Just the fact that you're going on that stage doing it mm. is already like... You're a hero to me to do that because yeah. it's 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 funny because uh, Joey, 
he always says like there's one thing if you if you set up a joke like you want to hear a funny story it's like dude you're setting it up like okay this is going to be a funny story you better laugh if not i've already failed but so already there the bar but here in the stand-up situation people have paid to come see you make them laugh mm. so it's like the craziest combined with that thing where they say i think it's like one of the biggest fears people have in life is top three is standing on stage in front of people yeah so I combining those is like yeah but it, it is this it is this kind of like interesting dance though because like they want to laugh and like they want to hear what you've got like, do, what do you got, bro? What have you been yeah. cooking up in yeah, that yeah, fucking yeah. head of yours? Right? <laughs> yeah. So if you just do the work and then, you know, you think of something and you memorize it and you express it in a way that's funny to you, yeah. I think that's all you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all, That's that's it. You just yeah. really got to... And you're a fantastic communicator. Oh, thank you. Oh, no problem. Like, yeah. the way that you can really convey a message, it's a very clear line between your head and somebody else's head. Right. Like, when you're painting a picture with your words, I go, oh, yeah. Yeah. I can really see that beach. Or I know what kind of stuff what he's talking about or yeah. whatever it is. So I think that's half of it as well. Yeah. Just being able to convey something that's already in your mind to everybody else's. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a beautiful art form, man. And I think you'd be like, you know, it's it's like anything else though. It takes time to get good at. Yeah. You know, you're not going to nail it for the first, you know, I don't know, a couple of years. No. You, you, it's like jujitsu. You're just going to get your white belt, then your blue belt, then yeah. your purple belt. And, and you know, it's weird because it's one of those exercises where you really get instant feedback on what you're doing. And I think as a human being, one of the things that I've tried to embrace a lot these last couple of years is failure. Yeah. Like the more I fail, the more I learn. So every time I fail, I'm just learning. So it's like, fuck, just go out there and fail as much as possible, really. Yeah, that's true. Because at the end of the day, if you take yourself too seriously, what? How's that going to help you? You know what I mean? I yeah, no, failure is really important. Yeah. It, it it terrifies me, but at the same time, oh, yeah. I understand that if you're not really failing, you're not trying. Right. So I do put myself in situations where I fail, yeah. but like deep down, like oh, man, you know, like if something went kind of like bad publicly. Maybe not just with stand-up, but like if something like, you know, when you put yourself out there, you go, I'm going to do this. Like, imagine if I said like, oh, I'm going to try to, I'm going to quit everything and I'm going to just 100% focus on stand-up comedy. Yeah. And I've got several friends that have done this and they write a post on Facebook and they put themselves out there. Yeah. If you end up failing in six months or a year or you go back to your old job or something like that, it, it can feel like, okay, I projected what i wanted to do and i didn't make it and now everybody knows that i fucked up and i know that's a stupid fear to have i i understand that's a stupid fear to have because at least you went for it yeah and that's the main thing you just got to go for it and dude the the worst thing about that fear is that the amount of thing like when i was uh i don't know if you saw it but i did this series that i was uh, playing called dear oslo yes and i went around talking to people uh about uh just talking about life and uh, one of the things I would always ask people is, uh, if you could go back to yourself when you were younger and give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say? Mm. And the answer that I got the most was that I wish I didn't care so much what other people thought. Yeah, that's it. And the funny thing about that is I read some quote is that everybody's worried about what other people are thinking about them. So nobody's actually thinking about you. It's true. Everybody's so self, you know, everybody's got their own lives yeah. to live. It's a hundred percent true. Yet another reason to not give a shit and just yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah. Of course, as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Of course. That's a, yeah. That's a given. Yeah. yeah. But, um, man yeah how's how's everything going with the filmmaking because you got a con i know you did the 
tell tell us what you've been up to. Well, uh, right now, it's funny. I took uh, I, I took a year. I, I didn't take a year off. I <laughs> I uh, I um, unwillingly or by the uh, the act of life itself, I ended up in a period where for four or five months now, I didn't work, uh, and I gave space to some shit that came up that had to come up that I've been postponing for a long time. And, uh, and I, I went into, I, well, basically I, I, I help start a place that I, that I ran. It's called Hosarna. It's mm. a fantastic place still going. I left there in October and, and I was doing that series and I was with, I, I met the love of my life and then I got burnt out last year. Okay just not setting boundaries for myself. Bro. Mm. I was just really just going full steam and trying to please everybody around me and yeah. just trying to be, you know, the super good guy who just says yes everything. to everything. Yeah, Let's dude. fucking go. Can Terrible. you do this? No problem. Terrible. It's and a bad then, strategy. It doesn't work over the long term. Absolutely Because when you're saying yes to everybody else, you're not really saying yes to yourself. You're saying, yeah, and it's funny because uh, the, the documentary that's coming out of it now is combination about um, it's it's kind of taking form as it goes but it's kind of about self-love mm. but it's all it, it's it, you know it, i i came through that whole experience as i burnt out i i i kind of you know my whole life got flipped upside down as a result of me kind of if i was to be harsh with myself i'd say i failed miserably mm. on every level in my life yeah and i ended up uh losing the love of my life at the time I was sure I was going to marry no. her. Yeah, Are you still separated or did you get... We just got back together. Uh, I'm happy to hear that. we had to go through this crazy period uh, where we... Uh, I definitely... We had, to, we had to both... You know, there's this concept called marrying each other where kind of like, you know... Yeah, yeah. And so we were both marrying each other really, uh, but we didn't see it at the time. Mm. And uh, and what happened was basically I, I we... We went to, I quit my job um, at Hosarna and I went to Portugal and I just started, I just needed to surf and just find my, my bearing, like just get back to like myself. Mm -hmm. And of course I didn't communicate this very well to my girlfriend at the time that I needed some time off. I told her I was going to be gone for a couple of weeks, which I thought I was, but yeah. then I ended up staying like six weeks because I just, I, I could tell that I just needed to. I needed more time, mm. but, uh, but I was really, I communicated that really poorly. And so I left her in a really shitty situation, which eventually I had to face when I came home because she had lost all trust in me. Yeah. And understandable. Could, oh, totally understandable. Yeah. But of course I didn't even see that at the time. Mm -hmm. So we were going to go on this, uh, uh, on this surf trip together for Christmas and, uh, and like, Four days into it, there's just so much tension between us, and and I'm not really good at. I mean, people say I'm good at communicating, but when it comes to communicating my feelings and emotions and talking about things that aren't so pleasant, I'm mm. not really skilled at that because I always want to make sure that you're having the best possible time. So if you're doing something that I'm not too stoked about, then I have trouble telling you, like, dude, what you're doing right now doesn't really work for me how do we you know so and, and she's the same so so like on day four of our trip uh she goes like dude what's going on i'm like i don't know there's just something not right and she goes do you think it's because we shouldn't be together and i was like yeah maybe you're right you know and and i went along with that because it seemed like we just had there was too many 
too many challenges in her relationship. And, uh, and, um, and so she actually ended up leaving home and I was left behind. And, uh, um, and of course the surf was pumping mm. and, uh, I met some really cool dudes down there and, and we had a great time. So for the next three weeks, I was kind of like, well, you know, uh, Failed another relationship, but you know, I'm surfing, having fun. It just, I just, I didn't, I wasn't aware of what had actually happened for like the last six months was to me, I was just moving in a fight or flight mode, wasn't really present in myself or anything, you know? So, so after I came home from that trip, I was going to actually go to Ireland to see a good friend of mine who was making a movie there. And I got really sick, like flu like sick. And I was just out for 10 days lying in uh, my buddy's apartment and suddenly, for the first time in a really long time, life just stood completely still. And it was dark. It's middle of winter. And, and I was alone. And just all this stuff started catching up with me. Like, whoa, what happened to that chick that I was like crazy, madly in love with? How the hell did I lose her? What am I going to do now? Well, like, you know, there's no waves around to keep me company or anything. And, and I was staying sober as well in the time. So then you really feel everything. Uh, not that I'm a big alcoholic or anything like that, but you know, occasionally I like to smoke some weed or whatever. And now I was just like, you got to be present in this, you know? And so, so I was curious, uh, curious. I, I, I went climbing with a buddy of mine, uh, a few weeks later and I met her and I was just like, fuck, I still have feelings for this girl. And, and I was thinking like, Hmm, is like, what's going on? And, and you know what? I asked her, I, I literally, I, I called her up and I said, you know what? You said to me that one of the reasons that you wanted our relationship to end was because you felt that you got really triggered by me. And I was kind of hoping that maybe you could write those triggers down for me. Because in my mind, a lot of the reasons that we broke up was her and her issues. And mm. she wrote me back and she wrote, she was like, can I just tell you on the phone? I was like, you know, I'd really, I'd be better if you wrote it to me, you know, and and she's a really good writer. <laughs> so she wrote me this four-page essay with 11 bullet points where she, uh, she literally just uh, gave it to me straight. And, uh, and I remember reading it, and I just got really, really uh, nauseous. And I went pale in the face, you know, like when all the blood in your face goes down your stomach and you're just like, whoa, what the fuck's going on? And, and, and I was going to go to the movies with Joey and my brother and I was just sitting there just going, what the fuck just happened? I really, the reason that happened was because everything she wrote on that, in that letter was absolutely true. Like I, I could see that like, whoa, I thought it was her, but I realized it's me. <laughs> And, and that was really hard for my ego, especially because it thought that, you know, I was doing everything right and, and whatnot. And so, and so that, um, that really hurt because one of the things that I've always wanted was to have a nice loving relation. Like, you know, when you go around town and you see couples having a good time and I have some friends who are in really nice, healthy, beautiful relationships and it's all I've ever really wanted, but I kept falling at it. And here I knew that shit, it wasn't, it wasn't them. It was me. And I, and I could see on the list that I'm not providing a safe environment. I'm really like, you know, one of the things she said is like, you say things, but then your actions aren't aligned. Hmm. You're always a bit late. Um, you know, uh, heaps of stuff that, that, that was just really, uh, painful, but necessary for me to look into. Uh, and then that combined with the fact that I wanted to 
perhaps give it another shot because I was like, now that things are stable and I'm starting to see like, wow, there's so many things I can see where we, where I failed, we failed, that like, what, what if we were to give this another shot? So I see her like a, a week later up at this because we both climb. I see her and I'm kind of like hinting to, you know, oh, well, you know, maybe what if we give her another shot or something? And she said to me, I remember it so well. She said, Alex, I think it's pretty clear that we're not supposed to be together. And it was just like somebody putting a sword right in my heart, which was for me, it's like that seems like not such a powerful comment or something that would really hurt you. But for me, it triggered uh, childhood trauma of rejection. Some, this is something I've realized later in therapy because I started going to therapy as a result of this. <laughs> of course. Dude, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it hit me so hard that it just catapulted me into like a hardcore heartbreak heartache yeah. combined with a childhood trauma mm. that left me suddenly, um, I suddenly couldn't sleep. I was feeling a pain that I had no idea. Like I've had a heartbreak of, of, uh, with a, there was a breakup I had a few years ago that was really bad, that really fucked me up. And you know, they say that uh, a proper heartbreak, uh, like when you've broken up and, and it's called a heartbreak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've scientifically shown that the same thing, same chemistry happens inside of you and your brain as it does if you took a nine-year-old kid away from his parents and said, you will never see them again. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Dude, when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's actually puts words on something I'm feeling because it, it felt so horrible. Mm. And and I just got this thing where like, I need to get her back. I, I'm just like, I, I was just, I was in so much pain where it came to this point where I was lying on Joey and Sandra's floor uh, in the middle of the day, crying like a like this wounded child screaming, I don't want to die alone. I don't want to die alone. Mm. And I got to be honest with you, that's not something I would usually do. Um, it's not, it's very unlike me to have that kind of reaction to something. And, and the next day I'm walking on the street and I tell this guy, Sajad, what had happened. And he goes to me, next time that happens, ask yourself, how old are you in that moment? Mm. And, he, and he made me aware of this, like, okay, well, that's not 45 year old Alex. That's, that's somebody inside of you. That's the younger me. Mm. And I have on my phone here. This is a picture of me when I was eight. Yeah. That was the kid that was crying because that kid there, he got sent from, I had lived with my mom since I was a kid. We moved to California. Uh, but when I was eight, she sent me to live with my dad. And my dad left when I was two. So, so first I got abandoned by my father. I mean, they had their reasons. They tried their best. You know, divorces happen, whatnot. And my mom, being a single mom with two kids, we moved to California. And then at a certain point, we were forced to move from there. And so she sent me and my brother live with my dad for a year while she sort of sorted out things there and whatnot. To me, that was a huge... Um, it just made a huge trauma because first my dad leaves me and now my mom doesn't want me. And, you know, an eight-year-old, he doesn't know what's going on. He's, uh, you know, and I don't blame my mom for it at all. She tried her best. I mean, single mom with two kids, it's crazy, you know. Mm. Uh, but that really scarred me apparently. And, and at a certain point there, I shut down emotionally. Mm. And now after 37 years, 
those pains came along with the heartbreak that sent me into this crazy, crazy place. Wow. Yeah. So Dude. then I just had to, I had to call a therapist. I had to just talk to friends, just like try to use every single piece of tools that I've learned along the way in life of like, how do you deal with this? Which aren't many, like, mm. which is actually the documentary that, that it's, that's the cool thing that the documentary I'm working on now is, uh, uh, has been birthed as a result of that because I remember thinking like, dude, I'm going through all this crazy shit and I don't know how to deal with this and I wish that this is something that we'd learn in school. So then that's kind of what's coming out of it. But yeah, anyway, I, I started going to therapy and uh, and I started doing a lot, putting a lot of, luckily I was fortunate enough to saved up some money so I didn't have to work and I could finally take the time because one of the things that, that my my current girlfriend ex at the time had written uh, in the letter was that she never really felt like she um, was close to me. And and all my ex-girlfriends have actually said the same, that, you know, I'm apparently very open and whatnot, but they never felt like they could really reach that inner, deeper part of me. And I realized that that's because I've shut that down when I was eight. Mm, like never... to as a self-protection from Absolutely. getting hurt when they leave, like what happened to you with your childhood absolutely so now that that wound was wide open and and i've known that it's something because i've you know i went to india a bunch of times and i've gone to you know done a lot of breath work and meditation stuff and and i knew that there was this thing in there but i've always kind of like looked at it and then ran away looked at it ran away but now it was just wide open and i couldn't I couldn't get away from it. You're forced to look at it. Yeah. You're forced to experience it. And it is the greatest and most painful thing I've ever experienced in my yeah. life. And, uh, and I remember thinking, like, I understand why people don't want to go to that place. Yeah. And, and especially when, when we started the place with Sarno, which was kind of supposed to be a self-development center amongst many other things. Then I remember thinking like, why don't more people come to like self-development stuff? And I realized that it's, it's painful stuff, man. Like, mm. why would you want to go there unless you really... Unless uh, you get forced somehow to experience something that makes you have to look. Yeah. And it's that's weird. one of the things that I also noticed a lot because I met a lot of people when I was, when I've been, I mean, for years I've been filming, uh, you know, I, I did that series last year with, with my, um, with, uh, oh, my good 29 friend. minutes, 29 minutes, 29 minutes, gotta, no matter button. what, yeah. we got to fucking, You're right. we got to get that wide angle gonna, shot going I'm, again, I'm bro. I'm going to hit it. Give me two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we have a wide angle shot going? And every 29 minutes, we got to stop it and start it again. Not even that, but it also wants me to change the battery. All right. we got needs a bit of battery. Yeah, we got a battery change for the wide angle shot that we've got going. Oh, yeah. Is it? I guess it's kind of fish-eyed, right? 14 mil? It's 14 mil, but it's it's the cool thing is that it's, it's fish-eyed on the sides, but it's straight on top. Okay. So All it's right. very cinematic. Yeah, nice. Ah, Damn. Crazy lens. Wow. So I'm going to reset this timer. Get it going, dude. No, but you know, um, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, one of the things that I've always done um, throughout my life is I've traveled a lot and I've traveled with a camera. Because, yes. Yeah. I've always been into filming. It's been my thing. And, and, uh, and early on, uh, I realized that whenever I'm wondering about something about myself, just 
asks another human being and you can you can get a lot of feedback from them that might you know help you learn something about yourself mm. uh, and so that's kind of like what that series was supposed to be about but the reason i mention it is that i realized that there's there seems to be a thing going on in society these days where a lot of people are getting burnt out and they're hitting the wall in some form of other yeah and and uh, and that's when suddenly you know they're either just hit it or they've hit it a while ago and uh, and then as a result of that they get back on track mm. i mean some people don't they go and do the same mistake mm. but like uh, but i think like i've I know everybody does. Everybody knows a bunch of people that have hit it too hard and then life being on the hamster wheel, saying yes, people pleasing has resulted in them just kind of crashing. Right. And, uh, but I also know a lot of people that have like noticed it on the path and then have been able to go, ah, okay, I got to try to slow down. But that seems a little less common actually because that slowing down and getting out of the groove and out of the momentum takes like a lot of self-awareness and it takes a lot of strength to be able to say, I, I mean, and how can you take a fucking month off work? Like you took five months off to go surfing in yeah. Portugal. A lot of people just can't do that. Yeah. So they got to like, it's got to get so far sometimes that yeah. they go to a doctor that goes, yeah. oh, I see what's going on here. Yeah. You're going to have a fucking mental breakdown. Yeah. We have to write you a note that says you now have permission to look after yourself. And even then, I mean, a doctor will sometimes prescribe you medication. Mm. Highly dangerous. Yeah. I mean, there are certain medications that will help. I think they're meant for a short-term period to be able to help you get a little bit back on track. But the problem is a lot of people get addicted to them because it's a quick fix. Did they try to prescribe medication to you? I didn't go to a doctor. Okay. Because I yeah. just, I don't know, ever since I was a, a kid, my dad used to run a school for uh, natural medicine or what they call alternative medicine, but it's basically old school medicine. Yeah. So everything from like acupuncture and all these kind of things where... You know, uh, there's there's a lot of ways in nature in itself. Dude, I, I heard I heard this cool natural medicine thing, and yeah. I don't know whether it's true, but yeah. I'm just going to tell you anyway. Please do. It was about people, I think, in India eating apricot seeds, and it was about how like uh, a lot of time it tried to encourage the idea of eating seeds, and then like eating its parent. It said eating seeds was like good for you, and that people in I think it was India or Sri Lanka ate a lot of apricot seeds, and that had this beneficial effect on their longevity and fighting off diseases and things yeah. like that so i don't know whether that's true yeah. but there are all of these types of like old school natural remedies Ooh. which i mean i don't know how much validity there are to all of them but some of them must be legit for sure dude i mean we have lived on this planet for ages and you know the native americans and the Aztecs and all these guys and even still now there's tribes that live out in the forest a good friend of mine uh, uh, Christian, he he's he spent a year in the jungle with this uh, with this uh, tribe in Brazil, in the Amazons, and he said that like for whatever he felt or whatever was going on, they had something for it. headache. Here, chew on this mm. pain. There, here, let's rub some of that on it, yeah. and it worked. Yeah, and and I mean, uh, you know, pharmaceutical companies and all that, they've based a lot of what Dude, they've it's made. Like, it's like 70, 70, 75% of all pharmaceuticals are based on plants. Yeah, yeah because- That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. They and, synthesize it or they base it on it. Yeah, and it's funny because my girlfriend, Ida, she has tremendous knowledge of the forest. She lives in the forest and and, and there's like this, you know, I, I cut myself climbing and she's like, let me go see if I can find this thing that you rub on it and like the 
day after it's already healing and it's just unbelievable and you know nature is yeah. the, the earth has provided everything we need i believe that i, I do i believe that too dude that yeah. being said of course let's not take anything away from uh, you know modern medicine i mean you know it's cured polio i mean there's so many great things that, that yeah but let's done. let's not take anything away from modern life either which has caused a lot of these fucking problems in the first place absolutely so, and and i and i do think you know uh there's a really cool guy uh dr gabor martha who's talks a lot about i've read his book yeah all about childhood trauma isn't it amazing yes and he talks about how society these days is very toxic in the sense where we've come so far away from our greatest potential as a communal society i mean we came from tribes we mm. lived we had a tremendous amount of, amount of respect for nature, mm -hmm. for animals, for you know community being together. And then now, what are we doing? We're kind of, in a way, raping the environment. Or man, mankind has put themselves above animals and, and nature. In the, it seems like we've come for like, okay, w this planet is ours, and this all exists for us to use for our benefits without thinking of giving back or being in a, a yeah. harmony or balance with nature. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. It's, it's when you look at sad. the industrialization of the planet and all the pollution yeah. that's, that's yeah. happening and like what's been going on with the natural resources, just yeah. trees and forests. Yeah. Got, you know, when you look at like, uh, I don't know, like a Google Maps, like image or something and you go, oh, look at all these trees and then you zoom in and you go oh look at this big brown spot mm. and sometimes when i'm like looking at like apple tv they have drone shots over cities and they have a drone shot over london and it just goes and goes and goes and i go fuck look at all these people living in this big concrete metropolis yeah. there used to be a river and fields and trees gone yeah. gone forever yeah, enjoy that city but the beauty is that it's not too late and I think that there is a shift happening right now. There's more and more people that are uh, starting to wake up to the fact that, look, we can't be moving at 100 miles an hour. Perhaps, you know, how much do you actually need to be happy? Yeah. Do I need to work so much? Uh, how much do I need to, to make things work? What is important for me in my life? Health perhaps should be, you know, and, and, and science as well is helping us along the way. I mean, uh, so, so, and the best part of all, ironically, is that the, the internet, which people, you know, spend a, a little too much time on their phones, myself included, mm. um, is there's tremendous amount of information there that's helpful for us. Yes. And, and, and for me, especially, you know, uh, um, there's a lot of YouTube channels that I started listening to when I was down because I needed, I needed, I, you know, I couldn't afford going to a, a shrink more than once a week. And, and there's certain people in my, uh, you know, that I can talk to, but knowing that there's like a YouTube channel for how to deal with childhood trauma or uh, self-aware, you know, all that stuff, even apps to help you meditate and whatnot. And a really good friend of mine, Maria, she gave me this uh, app called To Be Magnetic, which uh, which helps you really kind of look into who you are and what's in your way. And it's just, dude, it's it's it saved me a lot in that period as well. So, so you know, the technology is there for us. I guess it's just, you know, up to us to use it correctly yeah yeah, yeah. It, it it it's like anything it's the, it's at the tool 
can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Yeah. And it seems like the majority of us want to use it for good, yeah. but there seems to be like a, a certain amount of people that want to maintain this power structure for their own personal profit, which are putting the majority at risk of the destruction of the planet or the destruction of our lifestyle or the destruction of our resources or yeah. the destruction of our well-being. Yeah. So I don't, I, but I feel like there's definitely a growing amount of people that are trying to do the right thing we're like okay I, i'm trying to consume less i'm trying to you know i'm everybody's like recycling and not buying as much stuff or do i really need to get a new phone every two years or whatever it is yeah. um but i also think like on the flip side of that like whenever there's enough of these people like that something kind of changes like whether it's like okay inflation rates have gone up now you can't relax as much now yeah. you have to work even harder yeah. hey, you want to pay that rent yeah do that extra shift it feels like there's a weird balance going on you know it's hard man it's, it's really, really hard yeah, and it's really hard to maneuver through it because there's uh there's so many uh there's so many uh different channels and platforms that are constantly you know giving us all sorts of information and and it's hard to maneuver throughout that yeah. especially when you don't take enough time to tune into yourself and see what's going on inside yourself that is the hard part that's the hard part. i think that's the hard part because as well like the looking inward means you need to take time away from all the distractions which prevent you from looking inward and the, those distractions those are dist super fun they're, hey it's they're, my favorite series they're addictive the, uh, the, look the at the 4k TV, yeah. resolution oh my god yeah, yeah well, whatever it happens TVs to be yeah or, yeah, yeah, or, or just listening to podcasts do it. Listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know you can always you can always be entertained and you can always feel good if you want. Dude, that's what happened to me. Really? Yeah, I had a fucking mental breakdown at the leg of Oct. Yeah, I went there like must have been ten days ago or something. And then for a week before that, when I injured my knee, I was in a lot of pain and I was just lying in bed. And I couldn't walk, man. I had a bucket next to the bed in case I needed to piss. Like my knee was in so much pain. I didn't go outside for a week because I live on the third floor. And I was just lying down in this like victim position in the dark, watching TV, constantly filling my mind with something. And then I went down to the leg of Oct, saw the doctor, got kind of like bad news. And then I was just sitting there waiting for my girlfriend to pick me up. And I go, I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm not going to be distracted within one minute. Within one minute, I had this massive panic attack, started bawling my eyes out. And really? yes, dude, because I wasn't distracted by anything. I was turning my gaze inward and my gaze inward was like, oh, dude, you heard what happens. You're going to be on fucking crutches for ages. It's going to take six months to recover. You're not going to be able to do jujitsu. You can't work out. You got to get the surgery. And all of these feelings just like welled up inside of me and I just couldn't control them. And it was all a result of not being distracted and looking inward. And I just couldn't, I couldn't, I, I couldn't help but bawl my eyes out uncontrollably in front of 50 people. Really? Yes, dude. And then somebody must have told the nurse that this guy needs fucking help. And then the nurse came up to me and she said, do you want to go and see a therapist or something? And I said, no, 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 I'm fine. And then my girlfriend came and I was like, you know what? I think I should fucking talk to somebody. And then I went and I spoke to this dude and I told him like what had happened with me. And I told him, you know, that like, my mom's got cancer. I miss being fucking at home. It's been like a lot going on lately. My knee, so much of my well-being is connected to exercise and movement. And that's gone. It's probably going to be gone for months and months and months. And 
I just started boiling my eyes out, and he, he listened to everything I said and said, all right, well, if you want to talk to some, you know, we just had a good chat. And then in the end, he goes, Look, I think it's important for you to, you know, do something that you want to do that's fun. You've just been suffering for a week. Go out, grab a pizza, meet some friends, go out in the sun, do something like that. And if you need to talk to anybody else, let's set that going. So that's that. that's something that, you know, happened to me that was when I tried not to look in the mirror, I could kind of skate by. But then when I was forced to look in the mirror or inwardly, bam, it just hit me all at once. Wow. Crazy, bro. Carrying a lot of shit around then, huh? It was a lot, a lot. And, you know, I'm like you, man, I'm very physical. Like I'm training jujitsu, lifting weights every day in the forest, walking 10, 15,000, whatever. I'm just always moving because it's my release for all of these doubts and fears and things like that. And without that, it just all boiled up, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So what have you learned from that experience? I have learned that I uh, really need to not distract myself from how I'm feeling for too long because you can't push that shit away forever. Eventually, you're going to have to experience it. And then do you want to experience it after a week or after an hour or after a day? That's basically it, you know. But there's, mm-hmm. I've, there's a few things that I've kind of like started to like incorporate into my life actually uh, i had a guest on the last episode yanna uh, no way yeah yeah you know yanna yeah did she fucking said so many things which like really changed the way that i think about things okay. you know one of the things she said was like that she doesn't complain about anything really yeah, yeah, yeah and i was like you know what i've been complaining a lot lately wow. i'm not gonna complain anymore and okay. yeah so i'm uh, not complaining that's a huge one it's interesting because I think for us, um, for us, uh, I always feel a bit weird saying this for us men, because, you know, we're all people, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of, um, one of the things that I realized that, you know, there's, there's, there's masculine energy and there's feminine energy. Mm-hmm. And ideally as human beings, we want to have a balance of both. Uh, but, you know, of course there's, uh, um, uh, predominantly women who carry feminine energy and men who have masculine energy. And masculine energy is very, you know, in your head, uh, trying to always solve things in your head, but the connection to your emotions and your feelings and the nurturing part of you is not always uh, that connected. And uh, and as, uh, you know, men, we don't want to necessarily complain and we want to, you know, be strong and don't want to be too vulnerable and one of those things. But one of the things I've learned that, you know, it's really important to dare to be vulnerable. And, and I agree that, you know, not complain. I mean, I think it's important to share. Yeah. Uh, but it, with what intention and, and for what purpose that, you know, dominates or, or that will affect how that uh, comes out. Because mm. if you're just complaining and bitch about it, like, fuck, I hate my life, you know, what the fuck, then... That might not help. Actually, maybe it might. But of course, if you were to say something like, you know what, these days I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed because I'm working a little too hard and uh, and um, I think I need some help to sort some stuff out because I'm not really dealing with the, you know. Yeah. They, they say that what uh, shared joy is double the joy. Shared um, uh, heartfelt things are half, like you half in the burden. Shared burden, half the burden. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I heard this uh, thing the other day. It was about a couple that were in a relationship with, uh, I think they had like two or three kids or something. And they, they said like, together, we are 100, 100 units of energy. He brings 50, I bring 50. Mm. But it's not always 50-50. Sometimes he might be really tired. And I say, hey, so where are you at today, babe? I'm at 20. Okay, cool. I got 80 then. I'll bring the 80. You chill. I got 80. You do nice. 20. And sometimes, you know, it's the other way around. And sometimes they don't have 100 between them. She's tired. He's tired. And they go, what do you got? She goes, I got 25. What do you got? Ooh. I got 30. Okay, let's just get through this, have dinner with the kids. I know that you've lost your patience, that you've lost a little bit of your kindness, that you're a little bit of your tolerance because you're not at that full 50. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a pretty good way of like understanding where your energy level is in a relationship with somebody else. And not only that, being able to communicate it in a healthy, productive way. In a healthy, like, yeah, productive way. Because imagine putting a numerical value on your level of uh, tolerance or kindness. Yeah. Because I know that like, if I'm fucking exhausted, man, yeah. if I've been like working all day and I had to wake up early and it's been a hectic day and people are fucking, you know, stressing me out. Yeah. Sometimes when I get home, the last thing I want to fucking do is like, man, I told you to put your left sock, you know what I mean? Like deal with like a kid who's just like playing around with his left sock and putting it on his right hand or whatever. Stupid shit like that. It's not bad. He's just playing, but you don't have as much patience. And then it's easy to just kind of like snap or lose your temper, especially if you don't get enough sleep. Dude, sleep is so important. The most important. I am a radically different person if I have eight hours sleep or if I have five hours Uh, sleep. I don't work at all. No, right? Uh, And if I don't, uh, luckily, life hack for anybody listening out there, uh, go floating. Oslo floating. Floating Oslo, it's called. Carl's Place. Yeah, Dude, that place has saved me so many times because you can't catch up on sleep, but if there's a place you can get zenned up in like no time, Mm. the tank... Man, whenever that place saved me also this year again, but also a few years back where I was working on finishing a documentary and we were way over deadline and I just, I couldn't sleep. I was on such a high stress level and luckily Carl let me jump in the tank almost every day out there and that was just game changer for me because you could really catch up on that because, yeah. I'm so glad that place exists. It's been been a while since I've been there, but when I used to go, I loved going. Ah, And I, I remember like hearing about the floating tank ages ago I'm just going, it doesn't exist here. And then Carl just opened it. Yeah, I was he like, did. Oh, yeah. yeah and he made nice. it affordable for everybody. I love that. Yeah. Like, you know, there's other places that, that, that like make it into this like super spa thing where, you know, it's really expensive. And I yeah. mean, it costs a bit still, but it's just, it's, it's those life hacks that I think, um, just like that couple that you were mentioning that when mm. they have this thing where they communicate what percentage they're yeah. at, these, these, these are the things. And that's kind of like, that's one of my things uh, uh, that I found out that, I've, uh, that I really want to spend more time with in terms of what I want to do with my life creatively is try to help um, share all these things, all these little hacks that we, that we can use or tools that we can use that ideally I, I wish we'd spent more time learning in school 
Dude, we should have learned all of this shit 30 years ago. Are you kidding me? Right? Yeah. Imagine if you learn how to deal with your feelings when you're in, like at, at school or if they taught you, you know, that there how are to... many different paths that you can pursue in this life. Yeah, and instead of telling you what to think, just teach you how, how to think. Dude, it was how ridiculous. How does your brain work? How does yeah. your body work? How to understand your emotions? What's new, what's good nutrition? Yeah. How yeah. should you, what should you be eating as yeah. a 12-year-old, as a 20-year-old? Dude, that's so funny that you should say because because uh, Joe and I were going to do a series back in the days or I had this idea these two stoners walking around we had this summer where we were just walking around getting stoned and we were just talking about life and society and philosophizing and one of the things that we were talking about he got suddenly really it's funny because I, I was I thought I was living healthy and and uh, and he go he's uh, chugging down this apple juice and I say you know that's just that's just the soda without the bubbles. You get that, right? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, dude, read on the side. And he's like, holy shit. And I started, it's like I gave the guy the blue pill because he went and he started looking into nutrition. Mm. And uh, and a week later in the forest and uh, and uh, and suddenly he, he busts out this tub of butter. Mm. Like this little, and he does a big spoon of butter and put it, puts it in his mouth. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he goes, I'm getting in some some butter. And I'm like, butter? Yeah, I got it from my butter guy. I go, you have a butter guy? And uh, and he turns out he'd, he'd done a whole night of research and realized that, you know, what we need is fat, hence the, the fat pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, our body needs fat or our brain especially needs healthy fat. But anyway, it's funny because the next day we went into the store and I asked him like, well, okay, well, of all these things, what are healthy? And when we went through the aisles, it seems to me, from what I understand in terms of like process, like... What is actually real food? It's almost like, nothing. Dude, Just like one or two, one or two sections. You got the fruit and the vegetable section, and the meat section, and even the and fruit even and vegetable then. section. Here's the thing: I was at a party the other day, and I met a nutritionist who was a, she was a, a scientist. She works in a lab and all this stuff. And I was asking her, uh, like, okay, what should I, what should I not eat in terms of whatnot? And you know, it's it's hard to get good advice because there's a thousand opinions on it. But she said that the problem, she said, just try to buy organic stuff. Why? Because the a lot of the fruit and vegetables are uh, sprayed mm. with uh, with chemicals, so that you know that they they don't get rotten and that they can sell them. And you know, understandably, problem is that in those uh, in the what they spray, there's these neurotoxins to kill the insects, but we apparently have the same nervous system as a lot of these insects. Of course, I haven't Googled this. I don't know if this is right, but she just told me like, she, she said, if you could buy ecologically, uh, then you've come, you've come a long way. And yeah. then of course, try to avoid, uh, um, you know, uh, complicated, uh, foods that have a lot of pro processed and sugars and preservatives. But I find in general, honestly, if you could just have a healthy balance in your life, then you'll come you'll come really far dude i got this app right i, I just i just put my phone up to show you it's called free food have, okay. you, have you heard of that no so basically what this is it's like a barcode scanner no way yes way yes way so if you're ever in doubt about whether something is ultra processed or not processed look here so look i scanned some shit right i, I scanned shilling bacon like okay. chicken bacon can i see yeah this is brilliant see yeah. this is what i'm talking about exactly man. that's the technology getting used for good so whenever i and because I, I have the kids you know and I'm, I'm walking in the store with them they go can we get this can we get that i go let's scan it if it's red we're not gonna get it dude this thing was like full it was on ultra yeah dude 
That's oh, ultra processed, yeah. ultra processed. Wow. Yeah, but and, and this is weird because it has this label here called Neat Nurga. Yeah, so which, you get you, you think, oh shit, that must be great. Yeah, but you're just eating ultra processed bullshit. Yeah, and that's crazy. And you know what? It's so weird because I I think a lot of people just don't know. No. And here's the crazy thing: uh, they say that they say that whatever you do, the state of mind, the state of mind that you have when you do it, mm. say that you're having a cigarette. Yeah. If you're thinking to yourself, fuck, I'm just being really shitty with myself having a cigarette compared to if I was thinking like, dude, I'm really enjoying this cigarette. I'm loving this. Then it has a complete different effect on you. Really? Yes. They've scientifically tried this out because it just goes to show that, you know, if you fact is whatever you believe, it's the placebo effect. Yeah, that makes sense. Your mind has the capability of just making things that are shitty into something that are healthy of course you know it's there's a, still shit in there but but it won't be as bad for you as if you go around being guilty so so the the takeaway there is like if you're gonna do something do it just enjoy it you know yeah if you're gonna have cake have cake man yeah you know don't don't go like oh i shouldn't have had that cake or whatever just don't feel it. don't yeah exactly don't fill yourself don't with that guilty. regret Life. yeah Life's too short. man i have a crazy story about that so I had a herniated disc, right? I had a bulging disc in the, the lower lower part of my back. Of course you did. Of course I did. <laughs> and then I had a, a buddy come over and he goes, yeah, you know, okay, just do these exercises. And I, I didn't get it checked out. And then like a couple of months later, I went back to jujitsu. I was like, oh, I'll just take it easy. And then I saw this dude in the locker room and he goes, oh, I haven't seen you for a while. I go, yeah, I had a herniated disc. How did you, how do you know it was herniated? I go, I, you know, I just felt it. He goes, did you get this scan? I go, no, I didn't get a scan. You, you got an MRI or anything to check it? I go, no. He goes, yeah, I'm a pain specialist as a physiotherapist. And I see people that manifest pain inside of their backs all the time. Have you been going through a stressful period lately? And I go, yeah, man, it's, you know, it's been a lot lately. I've been kind of stressing out. He goes, yeah, what sometimes happens is that like there's a pain in your back and then life kind of happens and the pain sensors get amplified. And then it kind of is this signal from your nervous system telling you, okay, you're experiencing stress. Stress means danger. Stay home. It's sort of like, you know, when a fighter gets knocked out once, yeah. afterwards they have a weaker chin. So they get hit again and then their body just shuts off to, just shuts off to protect them. So it's sort of like that. Wow. So he goes, uh, yeah, so, uh, he, dude, he was really good. Like, he talked to me for, like, 45 minutes just explaining that, oh. like, sometimes the mental state that you're in and the state of stress can amplify pain in the back. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. No, wide no, angle. Yeah, wa no, dude, yeah. with yeah, wide no, angle amplified, lens. Amplified the thing. So, so Amplifies the negativity that you're experiencing. So a small amount of pain gets ramped up, and it can go from, like, 3 to 100. And it's all mentally connected to the way that you're feeling in this case stress right and i go huh and he goes well just come to training the next day take it easy and see how you feel did i went to training the next day you did. i felt fucking amazing no but he said that it's this cascading negative effect that what people do is they start getting this pain it amplifies and then they go oh, i can't go to the gym mm. i shouldn't be lifting weights mm. i shouldn't be moving and then that makes it worse where focus goes energy falls exactly mm. yeah, yeah yeah crazy isn't it it's very crazy and that brings me to a really good point that uh, that a good friend of mine also told me once was that um if people only knew how powerful their thoughts were, they'd be a lot more careful how they use them. 
That's a really, That's a really good saying. Good one, man. Yeah. I'm gonna press this button. Bro, you, press the button, you bro. Think about that. I'm gonna think, think about, about that. For a moment. Huh. If people only knew how powerful their thoughts were, they'd be careful what they thought. Exactly. Hmm. And, and, and I guess the problem is a lot of people don't think their thoughts are that powerful. That's a very good point. And even and building on that, a thought is one thing, but uh, what you say is the physical manifestation of the thought. So if your mm. thought is powerful, imagine how powerful your words are. Mm. Oh, man, your words are so much more powerful than you realize. And actions even more so. Yeah. Because you're you're then you're you're taking that thought and putting it into action. That creates a really a huge ripple effect. And that's one of the things that I find really interesting is the effect. I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. Dude, I learned so much from her. It's crazy. Uh, she she she's been studying social work, and you know the constantly like. Basically, we're sitting on the bus and we we're talking about. There was these two people that struck up a conversation next to us, just casually. And you could tell, you know, often in, in on the bus, you know, people are sitting in their own thoughts and they're, you know, often a little bit down. You know, it's not the cheeriest place in the world. Usually in the bus, people are just in their own thoughts. And it's often, a transitional space. Right? You're just going from yeah. A to B and it's unnecessary. And people are going to work and, yeah. you know, it's early in the morning and they might not be, you know, fully what... My point being that when this guy who was feeling chatty one struck up this conversation and ended up for 30 minutes having this this conversation just flourish between these two people. He was an old dude. She was a young Somali girl mm. uh, or Norwegian Somali origin. And he was an old dude. And they just had this amazing conversation. And I was just thinking like the the effect that we have on each other as human beings, the potential is endless. Yes. If you're having a shitty day, I can make your day just by simply perhaps giving you a smile and saying, hey, buddy, how's it going? And just shifting the energy because that's what, you know, energy is. It's a very powerful force that we carry with us and words, certain words have a lot of energy and and, and it's funny. Did you ever see the the, the um, Japanese photographer guy who did the, who took pictures of water crystals? I met that guy. You met him? I met him. Oh, no yeah. That guy's a legend yeah, in yeah, my yeah. life. Yeah, I met him. Because when I saw those pictures, man, when it showed like the effect that the thoughts that we have have or the words, you know, because for those who don't know this, he, he this guy, he took pictures of water crystals. He'd written on one glass, love, the other hate. And the patterns on the ones uh, where it said love are just these gorgeous patterns and hate was just distorted. And... Uh, and uh, and that's that's kind of like the effect, and especially since we are what seventy percent water as yeah, human yeah. beings, the effect that we not only to ourselves but to each other. So, Did I have a funny story about that guy? I can only imagine. <laughs> so I like fifteen years ago or something when I first started getting into video. I worked. Yeah, thank you. I worked for this company called Hippie Studios, and uh, they were like heavily involved in like alternative medicine, alternative conferences, and things like that. No way. And they had this healer came over from America called Eric Pearl, and then they got this they got this Japanese guy to come over. And so it was like this big talk in Chateau Neuf and like there was, you know, a lot of fucking tickets sold. 
And I was involved in like filming it and helping to organizing it. And then I go, wouldn't it be funny if I had this friend who was like a musical theater actress? And I go, wouldn't it be funny if like, like it'd be cool? Wouldn't this be fun if like halfway through his talk, like she just started singing about like love and it'd be like this big, fantastic experience and everybody would like get caught up in all of this emotion. And so he's in the middle of his lecture, bro. And we just give this chick the cue and she just fucking stands up and just starts screaming and singing about love and like this big theatrical over-the-top musical number then goes up on stage and it's just like serenading to him about love and like everybody's just looking at like this and like nobody knows like whether it's set up or whether this chick is just mentally ill right it's like it didn't go over well at all like right. everybody and the dude the japanese guy is just like uh standing there super polite super polite and are. everybody in the audience is just like uh what the fuck is going on and then she just gets off stage and then like just sits back down and then we're like ah, i think we should try to clap let's just try to get a clap going you know and then we're like and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, clap. And then he just goes, okay, uh, thank you. Uh, and then just like continues with this speech. But it's one of those ideas that you think is going to go down really. It's like TikTok before TikTok existed. Right. You know, kind of like right. 80% cringe. Hey, you tried. Yeah, we tried. Yeah, you we don't tried. know. It could have been amazing. Could have been amazing. It could have been really cool. Yeah, it could have been really and cool. And luckily nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. <laughs> nobody, and it, it, nobody got hurt oh at all. Oh my God, I can imagine what it must have been like to be her. Yeah. Yeah, wow. but she's one of these people I think that just does it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's a job. She sings in big musical, does big productions all the time. She's wow. like, I'm just going to go for it. But I, I know that dude's work and... There, it. I feel like there's definitely something to the power of your thoughts. Obviously, right? Obviously, like obviously, obviously whether yeah. you project thoughts inwards towards yourself, loving thoughts, yeah. negative thoughts, yeah. they're gonna have an impact on like your blood pressure, your heart rate, your mental state, like all of these physiological. And dude, the research on fucking placebo effect is oh, crazy oh, when they crazy. give people placebo yeah. pills and they ex apparently it even worked with like knee surgery yeah. they gave they were supposed to heal somebody's fucking acl or meniscus or whatever and they never did they, they didn't give them the surgery and the placebo effects resulted in them having the same benefits as the control group that got the surgery that's crazy that's with knee that surgery that's a lot yeah. So, and it's interesting as well because uh, uh, coming back to one of the things that we that uh, that we talked about earlier, which was this journey that I've been going through in terms of like going to shrink and realizing like there's this part of me that has this trauma and what I need most to heal it is self love, which which uh, again I'm not really sure what is. Uh, but which I'm in the processes now of uh, researching into. But it's interesting because I've been asking a lot of people lately, you know, what is self-love to you? That's and a great question. Yeah. What have you found out? Well, so far I've found out that setting boundaries mm. is one of the most powerful things you can do. Yeah. Uh, especially for us people pleasers. Mm. Because if I'm putting your needs in front of mine, what is that saying to myself? It says that I'm not so important that my needs aren't so important your needs are more important to me than mine is that an act of self-love one would almost say that if you're if you're actually going against if you're not in tune with yourself and you actually need to really be taking care of yourself and you're taking care of others then you could almost say that that's self-sabotage self-hate 
Mm. So that is definitely not self-love. Dude, I have a, have a good way of looking at that. Yes. If it's not hell yeah, it's no. Mm. If it's not, fuck yeah. yeah. Some things, when somebody says, hey, you want to do this? And you're like, fuck yeah. Then it's a yes. But if, if it's not that... Like, do you really want to do it? You know, because it's the worst when you say yes and you don't want to do yeah, it. That, you know, I have mixed emotions about that because I'll be like, you know, if you say to me, dude, let's go jump off a cliff, I, my first thought will be, yeah, hell yeah. But then, you know, <laughs> how high is the cliff? Yeah, how water? deep is do we it? Do have a parachute? Have yeah. I parachuted enough in my life? But, but you know, it's interesting because I'll, I'll, I'll give you one better. I'll go, uh, the thing that I find the most is not what do I want, but what do I need? Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's a tough one. Because want, dude, if you ask me what I want, I just want to surf, hang out with friends, uh, eat chocolate all the time because I love chocolate, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and just uh, watch good movies and uh, and just hang out and, and that. But, but there's a time and place for everything. Mm. And right now I need, uh, I need to uh, focus so that I can achieve uh, a goal that I've wanted to do for a long time, which is complete a, a new project properly and, and, and create something. And to do that, I need to, I need to, you know, I need to focus on getting good sleep. I need to get up. I need to actually sit by desk and get it done. Mm. You know, I love filming. I'll go out and film all day and just talk to people. But at the end of the day, you got to do something with that material. Mm. Luckily, one of the things that I've also learned from failing is with the Dear Oslo project, for instance. I mean, I was doing it with a really good friend of mine, Yaneric, who's really helpful, but but we needed more help and we didn't get it because we were also running that place and whatnot. And there was just... So so now I've teamed up with a bunch of dudes that are just amazing. Uh, I believe you know one of them, Tobias Freista. Yeah, yeah. Him and Johan Rock and Tayo, they have a thing uh, called Expect Films. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, just by coincidence, in the middle of this period where I was kind of trying to figure out what to do and this documentary was kind of talking to me, then Johan called me and, was, and we made this thing called The Chicken, or uh, there's a chicken in, uh, in Uganda called Adolf, which yeah, is a yeah, documentary. Yeah. I saw that. Now. Yeah, I was really proud of that. And, and, and he was like, dude, let's do something. And then, you know, so now I'm sitting with them every day and we're setting together this pilot and hopefully this project comes. But the, the point that I was saying that, you know, it would be easy for me now, especially when summer comes, to just go on and have fun all the time. That's what I would want. But, but I also want to create something greater in my life. I want to eventually perhaps even start a family and I want to be able to provide for my family. And, and, and I've always been a kind of, uh, you know, uh, go solo kind of guy. I, I live in an RV. I, I travel, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, I make money and then I, 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 I use it on living. I, I'm not very good or I, I could get better at saving. Mm. But to do that, I need to uh, create more money. I've never really focused on making money. Uh, I've always focused more on just, doing something that feels right or that's, you know, brings in something. I've been very fortunate to be doing what I've been doing for a long time. So there's always some gigs coming up and whatnot, but I need to be a point now where I have to learn to say no. I need to focus. I need to eat healthier so that my focus is better and more powerful so I can sit longer. I need to uh, know that I can't do great things alone. So I've got this amazing crew around me that we're trying to do this thing. And, uh, And that to me is part of what I like to call growing up because the guy that 
my ex-girlfriend, now current girlfriend, helped me see was that the guy she was hanging out with in the end, there was a bit of a teenager, you know, a little bit of arrested development, just this kid who just wants to have a good time and, and is not great at responsibility. That being said, I realize when I say this that I'm being very harsh with myself because I have actually, you know, uh, there is a lot of things that I have been able to accomplish that shows that I'm not just a, a teenager who runs from responsibility. But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm very judgmental with myself, very harsh on myself. Yeah, you gotta be, another thing, you gotta be easier on yourself. Self-love, dude. Yeah. It's all about compassion. The, the voice in your head mm. needs to be, this is actually a really cool story, which is, which is a bit of a game changer for me. I was, uh, I met this woman who, uh, we were on a date and she says to me, she kind of worked with self-development and she just stopped me in the middle of this dinner and she goes, how harsh is the judge in your head? And you know, when you when somebody says something and it hits you and you're like, whoa, would you just say like that? That's like, that That was something there, hit something inside of me and I realized, wow, the voice in my head is, was to me, I acknowledge her, he's very strict mm. and he's very judgmental and he always expects the best of me and he's really good at telling me how I'm not great. Uh, and where that comes from is, you know, we could do a whole podcast about that. But the point is that I realized that I need to, to reprogram the voice in my head from being a judge to at first I realized a best friend because, you know, you want to be best friends with the voice in your head. But then I realized I have a lot of good friends. I have many best friends. But what I don't have, which I didn't have growing up, which I really needed in my life was a positive male fa father figure. So I needed to train and reprogram my mind, which I'm still in the process of doing, to being the father that I need for especially this little dude right here. Yeah. So yeah, every yeah. morning and every evening and whenever during the day where I have the presence to realize that I need it, then I will talk to myself as if I am an eight-year-old boy who's just trying his best. Dude, I do something similar. You do? I do. Is that amazing? I do. But what I do, I talk to myself as if I'm a dog. Mm. I'm like my own dog. I'm a dog. And I'm like, good boy. Hey, you're a good boy. Hey, you know, that's that's how I treat myself. And I know that the dog needs exercise. I know sometimes the dog needs a treat. And I know sometimes the dog is being a little bit naughty and sometimes the dog needs to go for a longer run and sometimes wow. the dog, but that's the relationship that I have with myself that like Beautiful. my highest self is like the dog owner, the master. Mm. And then like my physical incarnation, like my body, that's like the dog. And the dog is like, the dog will eat a lot of stuff if you put it there. So you got to portion out the dog's yeah. rations yeah. and make sure it doesn't get too much of this. And you got to balance it all out for the dog. Oh, but yeah. very similar. I love and that. I even talk to myself in a dog voice. You do, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, who said you've been a good boy? You've been a good boy. That makes, makes you laugh. It, it does. You, dude, it I'm going to try that because I love dogs. Yeah, me too. And They're the best. The dog is God. And the, dog, the dog is a good metaphor he because is. the dog is like loving and yeah. the dog is your best friend. He's unconditional he, love. He loves you no matter what. And, you, and the dog always loves you and you always got to love the dog. But the dog doesn't always mm. know what's best for him. Mm. The dog will just be a creature of his own immediate desire. And he's an animal. He's an and, very and animal. And we are so animalistic as mm -hmm. well. I, I heard something about this as well. It's like there's two people that are driving you. It's your emotional side and your logical side. Yeah, That's totally. 
controlling this whole apparatus. Unfortunately, the logical side is in the passenger seat and the emotional side is driving. Yeah. So whatever logic tends to say, at the end of the day, the wheel is being controlled by the emotional, which is often controlled by the unconditional, yeah. which is the animal. Yeah, that's why movies where you see usually men or characters that are extremely competent and cool at making rational decisions mm. in difficult situations are really popular. Mm. You know, like whether it's like these Jason Bourne type characters, you know, like even James Bond, like he's like, okay, I'm just going to make this decision. Or like the fucking Top Gun Maverick mm. or, you know, the Mission Impossible movies. You have this incredibly competent person in a very emotionally stressful situation. And then they just kind of like overcome it. They go, okay, this is what we have to do. Mm. This is it. You go, mm. yeah. You're... That's the hero story. That's the hero story, that's bro. beautiful because we are the heroes in our own movies. Like if your life this is so funny. This is uh, one of the things I remember uh, coming up with when I was a little bit younger. I was like, because I've grown up watching movies. For me, movies is my favorite escape. The it's, best. It's where I learned everything I know about love, which is why I suck <laughs> at it. <laughs> because... They, they, they're not making it accurate. <laughs> Just, books are better. Yeah, books are great. But, you know, you got to have patience. And I didn't yeah, have patience. I had, to, I had to learn to play chess to learn patience. But anyway, the, the thing is that I like to see that uh, I like to believe that uh, everybody is the main character in their own movie. Uh, and the, your movie, um, actually, I, I realize that everyone that you meet is potentially a character in your movie helping drive your story forward. And of course, it's up to you, because if you realize that you are not only a passive um, uh, observer in your own life, you're not only the main actor hero, you are also the producer and the director of your own personal movie, which is your life. And so you get to wake up every morning and you can ask yourself, am I in a comedy? Am I in a drama? Am I Indiana Jones is, and is today going to be an act, action adventure? And, and by setting that mindset, not only am I able to remind myself that whenever somebody shows up in my life, somebody, you know, you meet somebody on the bus and they suddenly start talking to you. I like to believe that there's a reason that person has come into my life today because he's somebody who's going to help me drive my story forward. Mm. And, and that's and a good way of looking at it. I love really it. good way of looking yeah, at it. And it's super fun. But do you well. make the decision in the morning or do you let life kind of happen? And then you interpret it that's and go, Oh, this was a question. comedy day or this was yeah. a thriller. I have a morning routine. Let's hear this it. This is something that I did not do for years, and then I realized the power of it, and now if I don't do it, then I am not the best version of myself. Okay. So the first thing I do when I wake up is that I think of three things that I'm grateful for, because apparently your thoughts, when you wake up, there's this expression, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Yeah. That is you, like usually your first thoughts in the morning will be actually apparently be... Um, uh, uh, manipulated by the last thoughts you had the night before. So mm. if you started, ended your night before thinking about all the things you have to do tomorrow in your to-do list, which a lot of people do, then you're going to wake up in that state. I finish every evening with an evening prayer where I think about all the things that I'm grateful for, that I talk kindly to myself. My girlfriend, Ida, is amazing. She has this thing called uh, star meetings. She always asked me, what were your, what were your star today? What were your, what were the highlights of your day? 
It's already there. We're talking about positive, beautiful things, putting the mind and body into a beautiful state of consciousness and just embracing all the loving things that happen in your life. So she asks you and you ask her. Yeah, we go every other. First, I do all mine and then she gotcha. do all hers. But now we just do, you know, da, 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 da. And, and, then, and then always at the end when I'm alone, when we've said goodnight, then I usually try to say some nice things to myself. Like, dude, I'm proud of you, bro, or something like that. You know, sometimes I forget. But I also do a bit of journaling where I write and reflect. And um, anyway, so I wake up and I think of three things that I'm grateful for. A person in my life. Uh, something, a thing, and then something about myself. And and they all vary, and sometimes it's the same. So like this morning, I was actually grateful for you. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I was, you know, I knew that I was going here. I know that you're a person that I admire and that everything you accomplish, and you're just like this gung-ho dude, and it reminds me of what I want to be more of. And the fact that you invited me to come here and talk, which... You know, it seems like, okay, well, you must have done something right, Alex, since, you know, you're interesting enough to be somebody wants to come and have you on your podcast. So so I was I spent a little bit of time uh, not only saying like, okay, today I'm grateful for India, but I also thought about why am I grateful for India? So there's a lot of, you know, positive reinforcement there. Then I went into uh, what thing that a, a certain thing today i was on these there's these guys who are building this house outside uh or the apartment that i'm borrowing because I'm, I'm moving into my back into my rv in a week but i've been borrowing uh, one of my best friend's apartment he lives in paris and anyway i sleep with these things in my ears and they help me sleep better it's just you know when you go to a concert and you put those i do too in, yeah I did too. I so love I was it. grateful for them today. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I've done my surfboards. I've done my camera. I've done my, you know, all yeah, sorts yeah. Of the obvious <laughs> things. You start with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I was grateful for that. And then with myself, I was very grateful that I was this weekend. Uh, yesterday, I met my dad and and uh, and I had this self-love thing. I, I set a very healthy boundary for myself on Saturday, which I haven't done. I've never... I was very brutally honest with my father about why I didn't want to participate in something that I was invited to because I just didn't feel like being the people-pleasing guy. And even though it was kind of a family gathering, there's just sometimes there's a bit of tension in my family and I just didn't want to be part of it. And I would never not, I, the old me would come up with an excuse of why I can't go there. Oh, I got to go do this thing with work or whatever. But here I was just like, you know what, I just, I can't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it, and I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm going to explain to you why I don't want to do it and whatnot. So anyway, I was very uh, grateful for that, going totally off topic. We're talking about my morning routine. So first, I think of three things that I'm grateful for, a person, a thing, and then something about myself. And then I go into uh, the Wim Hof Method, 11-minute, 11, 11 or so minute um, breath work. Are you in your bedroom? Are you in yeah, bed? Yeah, I, I haven't even gotten out of bed at this point. Okay. I'm still lying in bed. I've just woken up. Uh, usually, I'd write a note next to my bed where it says something like, you are awesome or something. So the first thing I see when I wake up is this note that reminds me of something positive. Just mm. like, oh, you're awesome, whatever. But I don't see very well, so I, there's no point in writing the, the notes. You so, write it in Braille. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but uh, so so three things that I'm grateful for. Then I do three rounds of 30 breaths, that, that breath work that really, it's just... It, Puts your body in an adrenaline state, which is super healthy for your body. Mm. And at first, I would just go on YouTube and put in this, you know, if you put Wim Hof uh, breathing technique, then there's an 11-minute one and you just follow him. Now I've been doing it for 
a few years, so I just I know it by heart. So I'll just do three times thirty inhales, exhales, and then long exhales, and then hold the breath for as long as possible. And it puts your body in a super healthy adrenaline state, which is super great for your circulation in your body. Then I go have a cold shower. I have a cold shower for two minutes. Uh, while I listen to music, I don't start with cold. I go from warm and then gradually into cold. And I always have a song. Uh, usually, it's, uh, lately, it's been from Method Man, Bring the Pain. Nice. Yeah, I love that song. And I just, you know, I'm just, you know, I can the wind again. It's just beautiful. <laughs> I get into it. And then, uh, and then I go out uh, on my veranda and I sit in a chair and I meditate for 21 minutes and 33 seconds. Um, and that is something that if I do that every morning, then I come out of that very centered and balanced in myself. Uh, if I don't, then I'll be all over the place. I will not be centered in myself, and I'll be much more prone to be uh, affected by the uh, things that I cannot control around me. And before you know I'm phone calls this and that, and somebody else's stress is now my stress and whatnot. But by doing that every morning, I really center myself. Uh, and then follow after that, I do the Bulletproof Coffee, which doesn't have that much coffee anymore in it, but it, it's basically a butter drink with MCT oil and some adaptogens like lion's mane and cordyceps and reishi and chaga, and just fill my body with, especially my brain, with healthy fats that give me a nice stable energy so I don't get the dip after. You're still using Reros Smur, Reros yes, Bara? Yes, I love that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. That's I bring shit. it with me when I go travel. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's my morning routine, man. And, and for me, that is also self-love, taking care of myself first and making sure that I do. Uh, but at the end of it, this is how we got into it. At the end of the uh, at the end of the med- twenty one minute and thirty three second meditation, which I do, then the last the first thing I do is I um, uh, after I've you know breathed out you know three deep breaths the the clock is running because you know when you meditate your mind often wanders and you know people think that you meditate that you're just yeah. still for twenty there's so many you're constantly juggling the moment present moment with your mind which is fun to just observe like, wow, what is it all? What is all the monkey, the monkey that's talking, chattering about all sorts of things. But what I do is when I'm done, then I do three affirmations for myself, which is three sentences, because they say that one of the most powerful uh, sentences you can say is I am. So if I say I am happy, I am healthy, I am love, I am patience, I am focus, I am, you know, whatever you want to say after I am. That's why, again, you know, careful what you think, careful what you say. So I, I say three affirmations to myself, followed by then, I, vi- I do this thing where I go like this, and then I rub my hands, and then I put them over my eyes, and then I visualize the day that I want to have from the moment I open up my eyes. So I go like, okay, I'm going to go make that beautiful drink. Then I'm going to get on the, uh, I'm going to walk to the bus. I'm going to go, I'm going to meet Inya. We're going to have this amazing talk where we're just going to, you know, I'm just going to not think too much, but just try and be in the moment and talk about whatever happens. And whatever happens, it'll be what happens and we'll have fun and it'll be awesome. And then I'll go, uh, go get some nice, a nice lunch at Cultivate. Then I'm going to go to the office, give a big hug to Johan, have a big smile with him, laugh with Tobias and Tayo. And then we're going to sit and we're going to sit and edit and I'm going to do a bit of writing and the pilot's going to be awesome. And then we're going to meet Ida and we're going to go climb and then we'll have a nice dinner. And then at some point, maybe we'll have time for a movie. But if not, I'll just end the day with the people I love being grateful and just knowing that I did my best again today. And then I'll go and have a beautiful sleep. 
and that's this amazing day. And then on tomorrow, I'll start it all again. Okay, are you ready? Let's go. And then I'll, I'll slowly open like this and be like curious. Ah, here's the day waiting for me. And that, to me, is that whole, because you asked me, like, how do you, with, with the movie thing. It's already there. I'm, I'm projecting and manifesting the day that I want to have. That sounds good, though, man. It seems it's like good. it's a good process for you. It works. Yeah? It really does work. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to have one of these things. You want to bust out the fat pack? Let's do a fat pack, bro. Yeah, man. Is my... Uh, I can't hear myself, but... I can hear you. Fantastic. Sometimes these things get a little bit twisted. It's Let me know whether it's back. It's not back, yeah. If I twist some of this shit around. There it is. There you go. There Beautiful. We go. Right. So the fat pack, bro. Damn. Nice. Yeah, but, but give it seems... Give me another like, twist. It's... Yeah, let's go. Uh, I know that one. Oh, no, that's cool. Um, but it seems like you're just in this process now of like kind of really fucking sorting your life out, man, and figuring it out, what works for you. And it's different for everybody. And it's crazy how long it takes for people. Like, how old are you now? 45, man. 45. I just turned 45 yeah. last week. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Cheers. Hey, Cheers, fat dude. pack bros, fat man. Fat pack. But yeah. it's like that, right? Like, there's no operating manual for every person's life. And like, by the time you hit a certain age... You just go, oh, fuck, I've been doing this wrong. But it seems like a lot of people go through the same process. They realize that they've been set on some kind of trajectory, which was a result of their childhood traumas, which affected the way that they have relationships, which then somehow affects the way that they also navigate their w w way through life. And then they realize like, huh, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm really supposed to be spending my time like this. And then they develop a set of tools to cope with all of the past trauma and deal with that at the same time as they develop a set of tools to put the rest of their life in the right direction on a day by day basis. And you got to go, I need to win the morning to win the day, mm. to win the week, to win the month, to win the year, to win the life. And now I'm 44, 45, now I'm however old they happen to be, but I gotta make sure that every fucking morning, I gotta win that morning. Cause if it, you know, you can't let it slide out. But it seems like so many people go through this process where mm. you understand that like the traumas that they've, that you've experienced have had this massive impact on the way that you've lived the rest of your life. And you go, now I gotta correct that. And or or you know, and it's interesting because the first step, the the first thing that you might often realize when you realize, like, oh, oh shit, oh, is that oh. the wide shot? Oh, the wide shot. I love, <laughs> I love it. Whenever we get like really deep, we get reminded that we're gonna turn the Ooh. wide shot back on. Oh, wide shot back on, dude. Remind me of my train of thought. Where were we? This was uh, we were on right life trauma right self love acceptance oh yeah big that's super big fucking hell that's a hard one man and and it's weird because there's you know you can easily be hard on yourself and think to yourself like Fuck, what have i done with my life and i must have wasted this or that or that relationship or that thing or whatever but to uh to forgive and accept and embrace and enjoy and just move forward and always be moving forward and, and just trying your best and, and, and accepting the fact that there's so little things that we can control in this life. Except just focus on the shit you can control. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. the whole stoicism thing, right? Yeah, right. So many things you can't control. Okay. Uh, what can you control? You can yeah. control what you do in the morning. You can. You can control whether you do 10 minutes of self-affirmation or not. 
And, and uh, one of the things that's interesting that I didn't know was that you cannot control your emotions, but you can control how you react to them. You can't control your emotions. No. That's hard, right? That's hard. And you're not supposed to because apparently uh, emotions are the language of your body. Mm. And they are trying to tell you something. They're an invitation. If you have pain somewhere, that's your body telling you, bro, this area needs a little bit of attention. Um, if you're feeling something, and this is interesting because this is one of the things that I really want to get into this documentary, which is how to learn to uh, how to learn the language of your body and understand what emotions are. Because you know, it's as as you know, this is a thing that women are really good at. Some women, dude. Some women, for sure. But in general, you know, sometimes my brother always says. That to be able to have a conversation, we have to generalize sometimes. And women are really good at uh, <laughs> feeling their emotions and sharing their emotions. And they've created this beautiful community where, you know, they, they, they're really good at dealing with that. Us men, we're just like, yeah, whatever, football, hey, you know. Um, not that all men are like that. I feel that the older we get as men, the more uh, in touch we get with our emotions and perhaps are better at talking about them. But growing up, yeah, we didn't talk about them. I, I, I just said some women because I feel like sometimes there's this push towards like masculinity that a lot of women are going through now. And mm. they're like kind of, you know, like we're living in this kind of androgynous society where the lines are getting blurred. Mm. And so I feel like what kind of was traditionally a little bit more generalized about females being better with their emotions. Mm. I don't know whether that's the case necessarily as much anymore, at least in modern day Norway. It's very interesting that you would say, because uh, there is, there is a big thing going on right now with, you know, gender and, and identity. And, and it's obviously a process we need to go through as a humanity to be able to kind of just have that discussion and, and to trial and fail and figure out like, you know, and I always find that, you know, somebody, I was talking about my documentary to this dude and I was talking about, you know, men and emotion. He's like, I'm so tired of everybody always being like, oh, men or women, we're, we're human beings. Why can't it just be human beings? Yeah. And I get that. But I also see that, that there are, that there is a, a, a lack of, especially amongst men. And we see this in the statistics that a lot of young men particularly are, are on the top of statistics in suicide rates and mental health in general. And I don't think that that's a coincidence in terms of how we aren't, uh, how we haven't grown up in um, a society that embraces uh, for us men to talk about emotions or in general, uh, you know, women do it naturally, yeah. but we don't. And in school, it's not a topic. So it just happens to be that thing. And that's one of the things that I would like to help um, put a little bit of focus on uh, with this with this next project. And in general, I'm actually just doing it for myself to try and understand myself better. Those are the best projects. Those are ones, man. I'm, it's, it's weird because I said that, the, you know, I use my camera. I always traveled alone as or it it started with the I I wanted to go I want to go surfing I wanted to leave Norway as soon as I could all the boys were in the military I couldn't go because my 
eyes were fucked. I actually wanted to be a special forces guy, but then my uh, I got this eye disease when I was 17, so I, I didn't get to go. So I, I wasn't able. So I, you know, they asked me, dude, do you, if you want to be in the military, you're not going to be the guy jumping out of choppers. You're going to be driving a sergeant or something, or you don't have to go. So I didn't go. I'd be in the mail room. Yeah, right. Just <laughs> <laughs> getting that mail delivered on time to those special forces Which guys. Is an important job, dude. It's very important. Another love letter. Another love letter from somebody who loves you. No, but but I uh, yeah. As a result of that, uh, I I ended up uh, traveling and and I had my camera with me and and I would always talk to my camera because he's a great listener, the and, best. Uh, and I like talking, you know. And um and so I'll, I'll talk to my camera. And the reason I mentioned this is because yeah, the other day I was saying to myself, um, what was I saying to myself? I just started thinking about those special forces. Right? You're like, hold on a second. Let's talk more about those special Dude, forces guys. I got a friend man. who, I got a special forces friend. You do? And yeah, yeah, yeah. And he fell, uh, a few. And, you know, jujitsu, you end up meeting guys in the military and stuff like that. And I, I, I got a buddy who fell out of a fucking, he must have fallen like 10 meters out of a helicopter. No way. Yeah, I can't remember exactly the details, but they were supposed to be rappelling down. And I don't know, the rope wasn't attached or something crazy. And then he fell like seven or eight meters down oh, to the ground. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fine. He's fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's not fine. His legs are all <laughs> fucked. But he, he, he had to get a new job and he couldn't fulfill his dream of being a, what do you call it? Marine Yeager. Oh, wow. He was like top really? level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, top level guy. It wasn't meant to be, bro. No, I don't think it was meant to be. But I don't think it was meant to be for you to be a fucking special forces, you know, operative either. Like you're Dude, like such a kind, you. loving guy. You don't want to be like sneaking behind enemy lines, like stabbing dogs and placing Dude, explosives underneath some jeep. Those guys have to deal with nightmares that they cannot get out of their heads. Dude, the PTSD on soldiers, I think it's like in America, more veterans have committed suicide after Iraq than Imagine died in Iraq. Imagine having to kill somebody just because you're scared. Man. Imagine having to kill somebody just because we're going in there to get their oil or we're trying to get Halliburton and no-bid contracts to rebuild all the infrastructure. Again, this crazy world we live crazy. in. Crazy. unbelievable. Crazy. Imagine so that. what are we going to do? That's another thing that I think about, man. I am so, we are so fortunate. I mean, you weren't born here, but you live here and and I was fortunate enough to be born in Norway and have the benefits of living in the part of the world where we have hardly any natural disasters. We have tons of oil, which makes, you know, we have money that, you know, our health care system. I mean, we're so blessed, dude. It's yeah, really crazy. grateful. And that's why I feel that it's just important uh, to, yeah, make the most of it. But not only that, just enjoy it for what it's worth for all those people who can't. Who don't have that opportunity. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. It is, uh, it's a blessing, man. It is. Like, I'm pretty lucky that I ended up in this country, and this country has, like, really given me a lot. Like, it's given me a career, a family, good friends, the ability to do, follow my passions, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I probably could have done a lot of this in Australia, but I probably couldn't have done a lot of this in Equatorial Guinea. Dude, to be honest, I think... Uh, I think we needed you. So thank you for coming over here because, you know, bringing that Australian energy and that mentality that you have, 
the bit of the, you know, because I lived in Australia for seven years and those guys are fucking awesome, man. Right. Like, yeah, Australians it's a good town. are just, you can tell that that place started with comics because they're rough and tough and they don't give a shit and they like to swear and they like to enjoy life and they have a lot of sun and, and fun and it's, it's beautiful, man. So, so yeah, so, so I would say that we needed you. Nah, that's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because having that different, you know, it's funny because we have certain people in this country, you know, that Yantelo thing has really fucked us up. It sucks. Which is why we need people like you to remind yeah. us that like, dude, don't take yourself too seriously, man. Just mm. go out and do your thing. I think it's always good with different perspectives. You know, I so feel healthy. like it's, it's it's so healthy, isn't mm. it? It's mm. the best. Mm. Alex, I think we're going to have to wrap it up. Beautiful. This camera is like... Uh, it's done. It's pretty much done. Yeah, that one's so done good. too. And, yeah. you know, knowing us, we could probably go on for ages. Yeah. But I think we've got a couple more minutes. If there's anything else that, like, you know, you want to, like, say to me or to anybody listening. You know, because I feel like you've gone through this process, which has mm. taken 45 years. Maybe there's somebody who's listening who's like 22 or 23. Maybe you can save them 20 years or something. Mm. If there's anything that you would like say. I, I would say, dude, the, the, if somebody was to say, dude, could you give me a, a piece of advice? I would say uh, take deep breaths as often as you can. Just double check where's my breath so that you have long, nice, deep breaths. Try to have balance in your life. Try to have as much fun as you, not just doing what you want, but also checking in with what you need. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, try to let love guide you rather than fear. And, uh, and yeah, just try to enjoy and be kind to yourself and ideally the people around you as well. I think that's... That sounds like solid advice, bro. And you've lived through a lot of stuff. So you're talking from a, the place of experience as a 45-year-old man who's yeah. spent a lot of his life following his passions. And ironically enough, I'm, I feel like when I say that, that I'm just talking to myself, really. Just reminding <laughs> myself, bro, because, you know, it's so easy to get lost. So, uh, so and that's okay, too. Sometimes we need that. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me over. Oh, this you're welcome. Super fun, man. It's great, right? Yeah. It's so funny because I know that my mind will after this be like, oh, dude, maybe you should have said that. Or maybe did you forget to mention somebody about that? Or did you say enough, you know, but, but it's just, uh, we're not perfect. We no. try our best. Dude, I'm like that after every episode. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. What about this? But yeah. it doesn't matter. We'll do it I, again. I, I do want to end. Yeah, one last thing, though, dude. Yeah, let's go. I would like to thank my girlfriend, Ida, whom I love very much, that she gave me that second chance to prove to her that I, that, you know, we can nail this relationship. Because, cause, yeah, I, you know, I, I like to think I've learned my lesson. I'm trying my best. We both are. But I'm just so grateful for her. To, to give it another shot because uh, that relationship has really become a bit of an anchor in my life these days and I, I don't know where I'd be without her and, uh, and to all of my good friends who helped me along the way in this really hard period was just, uh, I couldn't have done it without them, you know, it's just amazing, and Eric and, and Joey and Sandra and my brother and mom and yeah, it's just you know what? I felt like I was in one of those Oscar moments where you got to do that speech. <laughs> yeah, and I'll now start playing the music. I got to start think, thinking, everybody, who didn't I thank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, they, but know, they know who they did. know. They yeah, know. All right, man. Thank yeah. you so much for a good talk. Thank you very much. Bam. Peace out. See you later. Boom. Bye. Wide angle. Yeah. Wide angle. <laughs> Wide angle. <laughs>